a signal. Steve didn't whistle. So, uh, I mean, I'm jealous of, of his whistle. I've never been able to whistle like that, you know. My son-in-law can clear a room. He's like a fire alarm when he whistles. And, uh, hey, I got a question for you. How many would rather be 9 out of 10 than just about anything? You'd rather be at least 9 out of 10. Well, how about good looking? 9 out of 10 would say, yes, you are good looking. 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Lots of 9 out of 10s. Well, this morning my message is about, uh, are you the 9 or are you the 1? Are you the 9 or are you the 1? And I want to uh, share from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. So uh, then we're going to break it down a little bit because this is such a fantastic passage of Scripture. It's not like all the Bible's not fantastic. But, you know, there's certain lessons that we need to hear. How many would agree? There's just certain lessons that we need to either hear or have it reinforced on a constant basis. And this is a great, great lesson. And so it begins by saying, Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me for a second? Father God, I pray that our ears would truly be open to what you would say to us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for filling this room, for filling our hearts. Now I pray that you would fill our minds. May we hear, O oh God, what your word has to say. And may, O oh Lord, we apply it to our lives as believers in Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. As I break down this story, I want to break down and do a couple of scriptures at a time. And actually, we'll just start with the very first scripture. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Something that probably a number of you know is that there has always been throughout history, ought, that means an issue, between Jews and Samaritans. There are still Samaritans in the world. And they're still pretty much living in the same place. And the Bible is referred to as Samaria. Now the issues that have always been there are because the Jews are pretty much, for the most part, they are full-blooded Jews. But the Samaritans were basically referred to as half-breeds. Because when they were conquered, 
centuries ago, they were taken to other countries and purposely divided and integrated into the society of that country. That was to destroy their faith. And so Jews began to marry individuals in the country that they were deposited in. Because of that, great ought took place where the Jews said, you're not the same as us. You have tainted blood. You have integrated with other peoples, with other uh, beliefs, other religious systems. And so therefore, the Jews really didn't want anything to do with the Samaritans, and the Samaritans really didn't want anything to do with the Jews. They had different places of worship, although they worshiped the same God. They were Old Testament law by the, by the most part. And so we have here a situation where we've got Jesus traveling along the border. Now there's some fallacy in this, but let me, let me tell you what has always been presumed and believed. And that is, a Jew would not catch himself dead walking in Samaria. That is the wrong side of town. That is the wrong place to be, and they would not go into Samaria. Well, it's not really true, uh, completely. Because you know what? There's so many examples in the Word of God where Jesus purposely went through Samaria. And other disciples went to Samaria. And what did he say in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? You know, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in where? Jerusalem, Judea. Samaria, and unto the, all the uttermost parts of the earth. And so it's always been God's plan that there would be interaction. Now Jesus referred to this one individual as a foreigner. So you can see there is some mindset there. But hallelujah, what an awesome story. But when it came to not entering Samaria, eh, it was kind of true for some those who are more radical, but for many, let me just ask you this. If you're walking to a location and you can shorten your walk by one week, how many would rather go through the country that is not looked well upon? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so here we have a case of Jesus and the disciples, and they are, they are walking to Jerusalem and Jesus was traveling the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now look at, at, the, uh, at the next next verse. It says, uh, two of the greatest accounts, or as he was, I'm sorry, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they cried out, called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, or Rabbi, have pity on us. Now, again, probably most of you know that if you had leprosy in the Bible, you had two death sentences. A death sentence of the disease itself. Hey, folks, aren't, aren't you glad you live in the United States? Because leprosy is still an issue around the world. People still die from leprosy. They're still affected horribly they get white blotches on their skin. They end up eventually losing limbs. 
until finally they die. That's a death sentence. But in the Bible days, and even probably some places today, having leprosy is also the death of a relationship. It's a spiritual death. The, those who were Jews who had leprosy were not allowed to interact with anybody else. They had to stand afar. And when I mean afar, I'm talking a great distance. They had to stand and they, they had to declare leper. Leper. They had to declare that they had this disease. How many's had the flu this year? I'm just curious. How many's had the flu this year? The upper virus thing and all that? I was so blessed. I enjoyed it so much. I had it twice. <laughs> Anybody blessed like me? You had it twice? Damn, good. One is, once is not good enough, you know? But imagine because I have the flu. In fact, you know what? It was such an unbelievable winter when it comes to sickness. For the first time in my life, I'm over 60, I have pink eye. I thought that was for the kids. I thought it was their particular blessing. And hallelujah, I had it on Christmas. What a gift. Now imagine if the same applied because it's contagious and I'm away from everybody. Pink eye! Pink eye! Pink eye! Wow. Those with leprosy were commanded to announce what they had because they were contagious. A sad, sad, very sad life to live. One that would result in death. So again, they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. I want to be honest with you. I've had times in my life where I did not have leprosy as a disease but I had issues going on in my life. Maybe it was affliction of some sort. And I cried out, Jesus. Jesus. How many ever asked for the help of Jesus? And I mean, I'm talking about to the point where you actually cried out. I'm not talking about all quiet in your prayer closet, wherever that might be. And you're saying, Lord, I need you. But I'm talking about when you need Jesus so badly, you put all your pride aside, and you know that there's no one else. For those of you who have ever went through cancer, that's sometimes looked at as a death sentence. And it's not. At times it is. I realize that. There's a lady right there who if... Just the doctor's prognosis would have sustained. She would not be with us today. My wife has had cancer three times. Serious, serious cancer. Not that there's some that's not. But each time she had it, it could have been. In fact, if you know my wife, and she's not here today, she's actually in Gatlinburg, 
suffering for the Lord. I, I'm hurt that you laugh. She's at a pastor's wife's retreat. And so uh, there's about 17 pastor's wives, or you can also say that, you know, they're backsliders, but whatever. And, and, and they're having fun today, and they've been having fun for about four days, and uh, they come back to, this afternoon. And, uh, and I'm so thrilled because she needs to have some fun. And, uh, but my wife, I remember, you know, so many times she'd go to have this major surgery done, and, and for her, she had cancer of, in the mouth, of the tongue, specifically. It spread into the jawline. And so these were kind of gruesome surgeries. Now, my wife would insist, however, when she went into surgery, I'm going to have my makeup on. And I'd say, hon, you got to be kidding. And she was not kidding. So when they were, you know, taking her in, she really looked good. <laughs> and the very first time she had cancer, she asked the surgeon, the ENT uh, specialist, ear, nose, and throat specialist, what if I don't have this, uh, this surgery? And then she brought up about, if I do, I'm going to have makeup on and all that stuff. He says, well, you could be an attractive corpse if you don't have that surgery. Wow. Wow. Now, none of us want to have disease, but when we do have something serious, we cry out to Jesus. Some of you have went through a terrible thing called divorce. Times when you've been so lonely, so completely off of your game life-wise because you can't think about anything else. You've been there. You're at work, but that's all you can think about. Some of you are kids of divorce. That's all you can think about when it's taking place because it's had such an effect on your lives. Oh, I'm so thankful that we can say, Jesus, cry out, Jesus. Sometimes you have to throw yourself down at his feet. You don't understand why it's happening. You, you, can't, you can't begin to fathom all of the ramifications that are taking place and going to be taking place. But because they are, you feel desperate, you feel alone. And when you feel alone, guess who wants to become your best friend? Satan. He'll even whisper into your ears, you'd be better off just to end it. If you get that kind of thought, you know you have someone who is trying to get inside your head. But I'm telling you what, as a husband of someone with cancer who's had cancer three times, I've cried out to Jesus. And I'll tell you, he has been our sustainer. Amen. Hallelujah. How many could say that today? Just say amen, would you? Hallelujah.
Can we just thank him real quick? How about like a thank you, Jesus? Could you do that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. He has come so many times to your rescue. And what does he come to do? You know what the scripture even says? He will, we, we were, this latest song we started saying last couple of weeks, uh, talks about the 99. He leaves the 99, 99 being 99 sheep. He's got 100 sheep, the shepherd. It's a, it's a parable, it's an illustration. The shepherd leaves the 99 because there's one who is lost. And he'll leave the 99 to go find that one that is lost. One of my favorite pictures, uh, portraits, was a portrait that my aunt and uncle had in their living room. And it was a picture of Jesus that was hanging on to a limb, reaching down to find this lost lamb. I don't know about you, but that moves me. Because he is exactly that. He is the one who loves you so much, he'll go out on a limb in order to save you, to get you. Hallelujah. To chase after you. Hallelujah. So we have ten lepers. And they're shouting out from afar, Leper, help us, Lord. Have mercy on us. Now, interesting is to see the effect that it had on Jesus and what he had to say. It, it goes on, excuse me, it goes on to say, <clears throat> again, I'll just repeat. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus said, when he saw them, I'm going to heal you. Nope, that's not what he said. What he said is, go, show yourselves to the priests. That's like saying, go find a doctor. Would that not, imagine if you came to me for counsel as a pastor, and I told you, go find this other person. You probably leave mad. Oh, come on, let's admit it. You'd be mad at me. Yet, Jesus did exactly that. Go see the priests. He was following the law of the Old Testament. Now, he could have, as he did so many times in the New Testament, he could have walked right over there and said, you are healed. But he chose, interestingly enough, to tell them, go see the priest. And here's what's so cool. As, as they went, <clears throat> they were cleansed. I don't know what that says to you, but what it says to me is sometimes you've got to walk out your faith. Sometimes everything doesn't happen immediately. They didn't expect Jesus to say, go see the priest. For one thing, they're thinking, but we've got leprosy. What he's saying, go see the priest. That's it. And as they are walking, as they went, they received their healing. Someone say amen. amen. 
They received their healing. Man, I am, I am so jazzed. You know, the, the Scripture removes our uncleanness. It says in Scripture about our righteousness, these very words, and it's pretty gross, but listen to it. All of us, in Isaiah 64, 6, all of us have become like the one, like one who is unclean, like the ones with the leper. And all, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Actually, in the whole context of the scripture, this was a condemnation unto Israel as a country and Israel as a people. That's why sometimes in, uh, in our country of America, we're kind of nervous because in America, our country is going to be judged. But also, the inhabitants of the country will be judged. Now, if we're a remnant, talking about we as believers are a remnant, I want the biggest remnant we can have. Amen? So it says in Scripture, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Well, actually, the word filthy rags is actually explained in the Word of God. Menstrual rags. When a woman has her period, those, they didn't have all of the, what we have today, what women have today. Go to the store and buy the right hygiene uh, application. At that time, it was rags. And the prophet actually said, our righteous acts are like menstrual rags. When you look at it, it's gross. But you know what? Our sin is gross. Our sin is gross. And righteous acts, they can be an act. Not true, in other words. And so the Lord wants to heal us. He wants to cleanse us. And he, wants to, he wanted to clean and cleanse the, nine, or the ten uh, individuals here who had leprosy. And we're talking about that separation between the Jews and the Samaritans. Well, it says here that one of them, in fact, we read one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus points out that he was a Samaritan. One of them was a Samaritan. So did he have trouble interacting with the other nine? No, because misery loves company. How many ever found that out? If you are in misery, please do not go find someone else who is in misery. Because you're going to be like a roller coaster that has no brakes, no one stopping the cars. It's going to go downhill so quick. And I understand we all have issues that come up in life. I do. You do. But don't go find someone 
who says, oh, I know how you feel. As soon as they say, oh, I know how you feel, say, you know what? I got a phone call I got to go make. <laughs> and get out of that because it's going to go downhill real quick. You need to find someone who says, you know, I'm really sorry for what you're going through, but I'm going to believe with you for a better return, a better scenario, solution. I'm, this is the best way. I'm going to pray with you. If someone's going to pray with me, I don't want just anybody. But someone may say, oh, God, you know, Pastor Gary is going through a horrible thing. I'm just hoping he doesn't die. <laughs> if you can, please help him. Amen. You know what this was in the Bible? That was removing the dust off your feet. That kind of prayer is dust on your feet. I want prayer that is going to be a prayer of great faith. Of great faith. Now, way in the back there, I'm going to embarrass you guys for just a moment, but we have Dale and Jackie Smart. Now, my uncle used to pastor this church. He had a reputation for being a great man of faith. And he prayed over Jackie's sister, who had been declared dead in the hospital. My uncle went in there to pray for her anyway. And having a great amount of faith, and that's one of his gifts, having a great amount of faith she came to life. See, now that's what that lady would have said if that was that lady. Hallelujah. How many would say, Hallelujah? Hallelujah. Is that the unusual? Yes. But our God has never, has never been claimed that He does the usual, He does the unusual. I remember. Jackie, when my uncle came, I invited him to come for a Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I'd heard that story, but I never knew who it really was that it had happened to. And that night, there's a little testimonial time, and she stood up and she shared about that. Our God is able to do all things. All things. If you're going to have someone pray for you, try to find someone with great faith. That's why the ten lepers, they didn't wait for this particular disciple or apostle or this individual. They wanted Jesus. They made a good choice, didn't they? When I've went through issues in my own life, I've wanted Jesus. I love my wife. I love my family but they weren't good enough. I'm going right to the top. How many likes just to go right to the top? Amen. Have you ever told someone that and you're trying to work out a, a scenario that, you know, some dumb business company thing, whatever it might be, legal thing, and, and, uh, and you get someone on the phone with you and, and uh, you, you can t already tell they really don't know much about the situation, but they're trying to act like that because it's their job, like they know. And, you know, just try this once, you know, just say, 
Hi, how are you doing? Could you get me whoever your, your boss is? Just skip. Everybody down below, go right to the top. And when you're hurting, when you need a miracle especially, go right to the top. Hallelujah. The ten lepers, they are there. And they need to be cleansed. They need to be made whole. And I love it. There's a, there's a song that used to sing a long time ago. And, uh, and the words are, and it's a song by Don Moen. He's a very well-known worship leader. And he wrote a song called, I Am the God That Healeth Thee. Some of you know it. It says, I am the God that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your healer. Would someone receive that this morning? I mean, honestly, would you receive that right now? I'm speaking out a word right now. The Lord God is your healer. And what I need you to do is to embrace that word. I am the Lord God who healeth thee. Goes on to say, I sent my word, but it's not just the word, the Bible. The word classically in the New Testament, and really the old, is Jesus. He's referred to as the word. We read in John chapter 1. He's referred to as the word. And the word became flesh. Someone. He became flesh. I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. When you're desperate, you need Jesus, especially. When you've got leprosy, you need Jesus. Cry out. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Just cry out. Hallelujah. My same uncle that I referred to, that God used so incredibly, he often would be in a situation where it didn't look like there was a way out. But you see, that wasn't his mindset. And can I suggest to you this morning, you can have a similar mindset But you have to order your conversation aright. And you have to order your thoughts aright. Don't just quote a Bible verse. Live, experience the Bible verse. The Bible verse, for instance, that says there is nothing too hard, too difficult for him. Needs to be more than a memory verse. You need to live it, walk in it. And have it be part of you. Coming to a story like this. And you begin to thank the Lord. For what he did. In these ten individuals lives. And can I say this. If he did it once. He can do it again. And he's still doing it again. Hallelujah. When I look at the. What took place? And he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. 
and as they went. The word that you might get from the Holy Spirit from the Lord is this. Start walking in your healing. But I'm still, I've got all, all kinds of white patches. We don't know. I want you to think about this for a second. We don't know about those ten lepers. There could have been some without toes, without fingers. That's the first thing that goes. They could have even been without a foot. Some may have been blind. And they're just yelling out, have mercy, have pity on us. They're not even seeing Jesus. How about that? What do you think? If they have leprosy, those are the attributes of leprosy. Can you imagine someone without toes, without a foot, you know? And he's got this cane, you know, that he's made, a stick, a walking stick. And as he's going, God is growing the foot. Oh, I didn't read that. But that's what leprosy does. There's ten of them. What's the odds of at least one of them having it so bad that they began to lose fingers and toes and appendages? Can you imagine that? Walking walking together. Oh, man. The the patches. Someone may be blind. My vision. My vision is being restored. Does that give you a little bit better insight into the story? As they're walking along, having the disease, to what impact, to, to what the severity? I don't know. All I know is whatever severity it was, God was healing it. And I know from just from reading, this is the impact. These, you know, these are the issues that take place with those with leprosy. So I'm thinking they got rid of more than just white patches. Very possible, would you say? And since nothing is impossible for God to do, hallelujah, whatever they had, they were being healed. Now, astoundingly enough, as they were being healed, one got so excited, the Samaritan, he ran around, he ran and turned around, and he ran all the way back to Jesus. And you know what it said? He fell at the feet of Jesus, and he cried out, and began to bless God and to thank God. When's the last time you thanked God in that way? I mean, come on. The last time you really thanked God with great emotion. You thank God because He saved your life. He saved you spiritually. If you've experienced salvation, you experience a tremendous miracle. In fact... It changed you. It brought healing into your life. It did more for you than any physical healing could do. Praise the Lord. When's the last time you cried out before God, lay prostrate on the floor, oh, you just began to thank God. Lord, that I even know you is a miracle. How many remembers B.C., before Christ? Aren't you glad that that's a memory? 
And now you get to walk with Jesus. Do we walk perfectly? Nope. We're working on that. That's why it says in the Word of God that we should constantly put on the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. We're all a work in progress. But that's a key word, progress. We need to keep moving forward, not backwards. Hallelujah. We have a man who came. He threw himself down at the feet of Jesus, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus said to him, again, Jesus asked, were not all ten healed? Jesus already knew that all of them were healed. Were not all ten healed? Where are the other nine? Hence I have my title for me. Are you of the nine or of the one? I want to be viewed upon by the Lord God as the one who came, as the one who came and gave praise and gave thanks. How many could say today that that would be your heart's desire too, to be recognized not as the nine, who knows, maybe the nine were walking, waving behind them as they kept going forward, thanks, that ain't enough, that's not enough. We must be a people who praise the living God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Jesus asked the question. He says, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? That's me, because I don't think he yelled at him. But Jesus was astounded. Then he said to him, oh, these are awesome words, rise and go. Now, I want you to say this with me. I think we have it right up here. Your faith has made you well. We're going to say it again, except this time we're going to cross out you and insert me. Not me. Talk about you. You ready? Your faith made me whole. I got to change to your. Let's do it again. My faith has made me well. Hallelujah. See, I like the word whole. There's well and there's whole, depending on what version you're reading from. I like both. I want to be well. I want to be whole. Thank you, Lord. So, None of us need commentary on what we need to do next. We need to be people who Psalm 136.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures most of the time. Is that what it says? His love endures forever. His love endures forever. How many has a testimony? Anybody have a testimony? I've got, I'm doing real well. I have five minutes. Is there anybody here with a testimony? A short testimony? Because I know there'll be a few of you. Neoma and 
Jeff, would you do me a favor maybe, you and James, if, if I can have you give them a microphone. I've got a black wireless, please. Thank you, sir. Right there, Neoma. And speak right into the mic so we can all hear. God healed me of breast cancer. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Someone says they got healed of breast cancer. Everybody else goes, oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad for you. The person who got healed of breast cancer is going nuts. Hallelujah. Oh, excuse me for yelling. I, I just got a little excited. God touched me. Praise the Lord. Somebody else. Joyce. What? Wait, wait for you to get the mic. You're a little bit soft-spoken. After going through uh, chemo and radiation, I had a terrible time. And uh, it's been nine years that I've had this problem. And I came up Sunday. I sat back in the back. Last and, Sunday. Last Sunday. And when he was tossing the bottle back and forth, because I couldn't hear very well back there, but as he was tossing the bo bottle back and forth, he said, God is pitching things to you. You're just not receiving it. And I said, Lord, I can't sit here. I can't sit here any longer. I want to be healed. And the Lord has healed me. Wow. Wow. Joyce told me this at the end of service. Not to embarrass her and she can't share exactly what it is of, that she was healed of. But I'm someone who knows that she's had her own issue of blood as a woman uh, pastor was preaching on last Sunday. And she had her issue removed after nine years. Now let me, let me tell you, if you don't say, what, what is she talking about with the bottles? It was just an it was just a, uh, a just an object lesson. Two men standing about fifteen feet apart, tossing a water bottle back and forth. And what the lesson is again, you said it really well. If, in other words, the one who's throwing the bottle is saying, "I have this for you." When you catch it, you made the determination, I'm going to get it. Folks, the Lord God is wanting to heal you. Here. And you know what I'm so glad about? In the book of James, it says, not this James. In the book of James, half-brother of Jesus It says, any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them with oil, anointing them with oil. And a prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. Not my job to raise up anybody. It's your job, my job, to pray the prayer 
of faith. In agreement? Does that take pressure off of you? Because I can't heal anybody. Even those who have expressly the gift of healing. My son has just been moving in, the, in that gift. But he doesn't have the ability to heal. But he has the gift of healing. And at the opportune time, the Holy Spirit uses him. But the gift comes from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Joyce, I praise the Lord. Anybody real quick? Yes. We'll make Jeff run and run and run. That's good. Billy. The year that Pastor Gary and Angie and family came here in 1998, <laughs> I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. It has been 20 years since God healed me, since Jesus healed me. 20 years. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can you believe that? It's been 20 years that we came. Seems like that's been forever. All the way back there, Jeff, Brother Spencer. Uh, I'm reminded that uh, God is still the same today as he was back then. Oh, amen, brother. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith, right? I don't know many people that know me. I had migraine headaches since I was about 18 years old. And it's been almost nine years. I was thinking it's only two or three years ago. But if you remember, you came down to the emergency room. And you just said a simple prayer for me. I don't even remember what you said. But it's been about eight years and I was in the emergency room because I had been throwing up for two days, and I got real dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And they did almost, you know, just almost paralyzed you. If anybody's ever had one, I'm telling you, they're awful. I wouldn't wish them on nobody. <laughs> but God did heal me, and I've not had another one since. Thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember being there, and I can't for the life of me remember one word. Because, you know what, the words will fade away. But the Holy Spirit was there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more. Anybody? Yes, Brenda. Wait for the microphone, if you will. Can you run a little bit quicker than your grandma, man? <laughs> Just saying. Uh, what you said earlier is so true uh, for me in my life. Uh, the Lord did heal me, but I felt like the leper when I had to keep walking because there was no proof right away that I would not have a recurrence or anything like that. But he kept me walking, and he gave me just the, just the trust in him that everything was going to be good. Mm. And my, I always think that he made a way where there was no way. And Absolutely. all my treatment and everything... I didn't know what I was going to do, but the Lord stepped in my life, and he used so many people that he made the way. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, bro. I'll let you have it. I just want to give you a final thought, and then I'm going to close the service. The final thought is this. 
and, and I'm getting this from Faye, and she's reminding me of something here. Again, it's not the words. It's you receiving your faith being displayed to receive. I don't care if it's a phenomenal word that someone prays over you or something. What do you think about Jesus again? You come and heal us from leprosy. Go see the priest. How many is just jazzed about that? <laughs> Honestly, I'm, seriously, that's what he said, right? He said, go see the priest. And they went, and on their way there, because they did what he said. And as they went, would you say that with me? As they went, they were healed. Sometimes you just go, I've got to, as you go, you're walking it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you today for being you. I thank you, Lord, that you are the Son of God, that you are God in the flesh. I thank you, oh, oh Jesus, for giving to us healing, for giving to us salvation. Lord, if there's someone here today who has never said, Lord, come into my heart, sit in the throne of my heart, I hear this knocking and I recognize that it's not a human knock. It's a night or it's a, a knocking that is that is distinct. And I hear it with with my spirit. Lord, I invite you, I open the door, I invite you to come in. If you're doing that right now. And I ask that you would consider if you are not a believer, if you're not a Christian. You know what? You may believe. But the Bible says even the demons to believe. So it's not all about believing. It's about receiving. I would ask that you would ask Jesus to come into your heart even now. I'm going to ask everyone to stand if you would. Lord, as we stand before you, you who are the Lamb of God, sitting at the right hand of the Father, to Him who sits on the throne, hallelujah, to you be all blessing, honor, glory. And Lord, I thank you that you're still healing this today, today, this morning. I thank you for the testimonies. Lord, I pray that you would that you would do a miracle again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, now, if you are in the process of asking Christ into your life right now, becoming a believer, becoming a Christian, I'm going to ask you by faith that you'd walk down to this altar. As they went, they were healed. You've been doing something in your mind, in your heart. Now I'm going to ask you to take, put legs to it, literally. I'm going to ask those who help with our prayer time, if you would come. So, Carrie's elders, others, if you would come, who normally pray with us. 
If you've given your heart to the Lord in the last few seconds, I want you to come. I want you to come. You've been asking, and they just want to pray with you and help confirm that in your spirit right now. I'm also going to ask if you'd like to be prayed for, let us pray for you. We'll anoint you with oil, believe with you for a miracle, and it won't be because of some fancy prayer, but it'll be because of a, a strong act of faith. On your part, receiving what the Word has to say. Hallelujah. Someone's going to get healed. It might as well be you. Someone's going to get saved today in this world. It might as well be you. Someone's going to receive some sort of miracle today. It might as well be you. Hallelujah. 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 Would you come? Are you playing that song? Uh, um, on Christ the Solid Rock. If we could, if we could sing that chorus. If we, uh, if, yeah, if we could sing the chorus specifically. On Christ the Solid Rock. Christ the Solid Rock. Help me out here. The town is sinking. I'm trying to find my way musically. All other ground is sinking. One more time. Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground sinking sand other ground again I'm going to make one final call come if you need to be prayed for come if you're believing for a miracle come if you're believing for something that's not really a miracle it's very small. God cares about the small things. Hallelujah. He wants to bless you this morning. Just one last time, that, that chorus. On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in this service. We have been recipients of the blessing of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that there's nothing too hard, nor impossible, nor difficult for you to do. I pray, Lord, as we leave this building, we would walk in faith that is profound. We thank you. We praise you in your holy name. And everyone said amen. Still not too late if you want to come for prayer. Also, don't miss out on the activity in the lobby to help the virus go to Mexico. Hallelujah.